Is there a real truth or just your truth? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Later in the show, you'll hear from Jordan Samuel, who rejected religion as a young man and started forming his own beliefs on what was true for him, which led him down a dark path in life. Mm. When we're living our lives the way we want and what we're doing and enjoying it, and someone says, well, actually, it's wrong for you to do this, or, you know, you should be careful with this, or the Bible says, don't do this. It could make us feel like, okay, well, I want to do what I'm doing and (laughs) I like what I'm doing and I don't like that truth. So let me find out how I can accommodate myself in these areas. Mm. And I know I did that in my life growing up. I wanted to do what I was doing and I didn't like when someone told me what I was doing was wrong. I think some people, they are not sure if there is one truth. You know, they talk about this in universities where truth is subjective, people say. Right. You know, you have a truth, I have a truth. But the problem with living like that is that there is one truth. Mm -hmm. And when we know that truth, if we ignore that truth, there can be consequences from ignoring certain truths. Mm -hmm. For example, jumping off a building, believing that I won't break anything, truth will overcome my feelings real quick, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? But in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. For me, this was so helpful because when I came to know Christ, I'll be honest with you, I was one of those people who just thought truth was subjective. Mm. When I came to know Christ, I realized, you know what? There is a solid truth, and we have access to that truth through the Spirit of God when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And how amazing and life-changing that was for me Because now I know, oh, good, you know, spiritually, there's a wall there. There's a cliff there. Don't Mm -hmm. go there. (laughs) Right. And I've learned, you know, that what the Bible says is true. And I've actually experimented with it and found it to be true. And, you know, there are principles that go along with it. If we do this, then that will happen. Like you said, if you jump off a building, you will fall and could die or hurt yourself. Right. And you can say, well, it's just your perspective or your truth. But the truth is, there is a truth, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you call out to him, he'll show you how to live your life, and it's for your own benefit. Let's hear from Jordan Samuel after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. And joining us is Jordan Samuel. He never believed there was a hell until he experienced it. And we're going to find out what happened. Let's welcome to the show, Jordan. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Kathleen and guys. Thank you. Yes, yes. We are excited to hear what happened. We know that you have a powerful story, and we thank God you're here to share it. So tell me a little bit about your upbringing. I understand that your mom was a single parent, and she put you in Catholic school. Tell me a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so, you know, like my father, he worked on the road a lot, and, you know, my parents separated later on when I was 14. I used to get in a lot of fights and, and stuff, and basically my mom thought it would be great for me to go to a Catholic school, you know, less fighting, you know, having good attributes of Catholic beliefs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and we thought it would be better for me, and it actually didn't turn out that way, that's mm-hmm. for sure. So I understand you started to ask some questions about who Jesus was, but for whatever reason, at that point, you were getting in trouble for it. Tell me what your thoughts were as you continued to get in trouble for asking questions. Yeah, so like I was always a deep thinker, you know, I wanted answers for a lot of things. I was angry also. So I dealt with a lot of, you know, okay, who's Mother Mary? Who's Jesus? Who is this guy? You know, what are the details and why is it so important on a daily basis that I have to do these routine prayers and so forth? But yet I had no connection with what actually was going on. So, you know, when you ask too many questions in class and things that they don't even have answers for to touch Mm -hmm. my heart, I had no interest really of wanting to know what was going on. Mm -hmm. And some of the thoughts you had were, whoever Jesus is, he gets me in trouble and I don't even want to know him. Yeah. So like I would get out of class, you know, and I think there were honest questions, you know, asking like, why am I learning this? Mm -hmm. Right. Those were my questions. And what did he do for me? And, you know, Mother Mary and these ritualistic prayers that we're always doing. It was just frustrating. I was always an in-depth thinker. I wanted to know what was going on. And I remember being in the hallway for, you know, how many times getting kicked out of religion class. And I said in my heart, you know, I hardened my heart that day. I literally said, I never want to know Mother Mary, Jesus, any of this religious crap I said at that time. And I wanted to make my own book of life. Those were the exact words in my heart I said. And I went from there. And that was in grade seven when I hardened my heart towards anything to do with religion. Right. And so from there, you started to really believe in karma. So if you're a good person, good things will happen. If you're a bad person, bad things would happen. And I think a lot of people have that thought of just be good and good things will happen. How was that turning out for you, especially as you started to get into drugs and party life and stealing cars? Tell me about that. Yeah. So like when you're making your own book of life type thing, I always tell everyone you can make your own book of life for sure you can, but it never ends as well, (laughs) you know, because what I was doing was all the things you think you want in the world. You think that you want a party, you think you want women, success, money, all these things. And I was living it, but you know, there was always an empty part where I wasn't fulfilled, but yet I was so stubborn and not knowing to want to know what was actually the truth. I wanted my truth, not the Mm. truth. And those are two different Mm. things, right? And so I like adrenaline, you know, I feel like when you're in that way of life, you kind of attract those people that you're around. Like it just kind of follows Mm. you hanging out with the bad crowds, the thrill, you know, the first car I ever sold was a 96 Camaro, you know, I learned to drive standard, just crazy stuff like that. But, you know, I was always still unfulfilled, but you know, the next thing, the next rush, always trying everything else, but finding the truth, you know, I was just more seeking temporary success, temporary filler. That's what I was after. Mm. And you know, what's interesting is you got away from stealing cars because you found a really good job. And so you had your foot in the right door in the sense of you were getting your act cleaned up in some ways, but you were still doing drugs and trying to fill that void. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, so like my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, she wanted to start following the Lord and going to church and stuff. And I was an angry guy. Like, I hated anything to do about religion, like I said earlier. And she said, you know, you got to stop this way of life or I'm going to lose her and lose my family at that time. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go up north. And, you know, I came from having all the things that I wanted financially. I was pretty set before, but now I'm cleaning up my life. And my wife now, my girlfriend then, was saying, you know, you need to get a legit job. You need to do these things. You need to provide for your family and stop the way that you're doing these things, Mm -hmm. basically. And so I went up and I worked on the oil rigs. And, you know, it's still a dark life up there. There's a lot of partying, a lot of drugs. You know, you're working all the time and you're just filling your pockets, but you're still empty, Mm. right? You know, and so your escape was smoking a joint, doing some mushrooms, whatever, drinking on the job type Mm. thing. These are things that are normal. Wow. Well, you went home one night to do the normal thing, which was just to smoke a joint, get high. In your opinion, at that time, that was the way you would relax. But there was something in it that caused you to literally die. And you experienced a hell that you never thought was real. Tell me about that. Yeah. So like I'm up on the rigs and it's a dry camp. So what that means is that you're not supposed to have drugs or have anything to do with alcohol or drugs. And, you know, I was a avid user for marijuana and stuff. And so I was clean for some time in order to pass a pee test, you'd call right. it, I guess. And so when I was up there, I had a problem with insomnia. I had a really hard time sleeping. So I was up there and I talked to some of the boys and they said, hey, come blaze a joint with us or whatever. Come blaze, they said. They didn't say joint. And I said, sure, perfect. I'm going to have a good sleep tonight. So I went to the trailer room where they already had a one-hitter packed, which was the big mistake there. A lot of people always ask, how did you not know what you were smoking or what was in it, especially with drugs as your background? Well, anyone who knows what a one-hitter is, this was already pre-packed full of what I thought was only marijuana at that time. But what they had was crack also packed inside this one-hitter, which is like a pipe. So what I did was I smoked it thinking it was just marijuana. And, you know, anyone who has ever smoked marijuana, you can haul on it and be okay. Well, you know, crack is a different story when you're hauling on it, especially with me not having immunity at that time because I never smoked crack. You know, I did other drugs, but I never smoked crack. And I hauled on it, and that was it. I had a couple hauls on it and held it in as long as I could. And, you know, that was it. After I blew it out, I smelled the smell of burnt plastic, which I knew was the smell of it. And I asked the guy, what was this? And he laughed at me, and it was like, it's very spiritual. And he said, there's crack in this, man. There's crack, you know? And so what did I do, Mm -hmm. right? I managed to crawl back to my trailer room, and that's where I overdosed and had a heart attack on my trailer floor. Wow. You know, we're going to talk about what happened after you had that heart attack, where you went, and how you were given a second chance on our next show. And it's pretty intense. So we're going to pray for those who are listening right now. And we will have you back on our next show. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it, Jordan. It's such a pleasure. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, guys. You know what I really find interesting in this testimony is that Jordan is a person where many people find themselves today. They're just living life. You know, it seems so innocent, fun. It's fun loving and it's all about the party. It's all about just what can I experience next and what's the next thrill? Mm-hmm. Not knowing that there is an end to it all. And people think, well, I'll prepare for that one day. But what if that one day is today or tomorrow? Mm. And truly, we should prepare for that tomorrow. We should prepare for that day when we do die, because we're going to. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Well, right now, there's someone who's listening, 
And right now, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And he's calling you to experience something that he, instead of you planning that afterlife experience, he's already planned it for you. And all you have to do is receive it. So Jesus, we take a moment, we receive that plan that you have for us, the plan of salvation. Mm -hmm. We receive you, we believe in you, we let go and we ask you forgive us of our sins. And Lord God, we ask for a new life in you, Mm -hmm. in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're going through a hard time and your only answer is drugs or partying, Jesus has a different answer and he can heal all your wounds and satisfy your soul. Call out to him. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.